podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. It's been a while since Dan Raphael's been on IFL TV, but I have him on today. Um, big announcement today as well. Anthony Joshua confirmed to fight Jermaine Franklin at the O2 on April 1st, live on DAZN, not pay-per-view. Uh, get your thoughts and, and reaction to that, please, Dan. Well, listen, I think that's a perfectly reasonable, legit, solid, uh, fun fight for Joshua's return. I've, I've seen some people in the immediacy after the announcement, Umar, sort of complaining about, oh, he's fighting a guy coming off a loss. And I'm like, well, dude, what do you expect from this guy? Anthony Joshua has for pretty much his whole career since he won the, the first world, actually even before that, when he had the fight with Dillian White prior to winning the world title, he's fought either other champions or other top quality contenders or mandatory challengers. I mean, he really has had very few quote unquote gimmies since he's become a top level guy. And even this fight with Franklin, I don't think anybody could, you know, in a, in a honest way, say it's a gimme. Jermaine Franklin's a good fighter. He proved himself quite a bit. Uh, in the way he handled himself in the last fight, which is a loss for him. Yes, fair enough. But it was a life and death battle with Dillian White. Uh, you could argue that he uh, should have had his hand raised on that night. And by the way, Anthony Joshua himself, he's coming off two losses. This is not expected to be another world championship fighter, you know, to go out there and fight the second best guy in the division or whatever. I think every top boxer, particularly in Joshua's situation, is entitled to come back and do a reasonable fight. He's not fighting a bum or, you know, somebody like that. He's fighting a solid, good contender, you know, maybe not top 10, but would you say Jermaine Franklin's top 15 at worst? Yeah, for sure. So I think it's a very reasonable fight. You know, they understand where he's at in his career. They're not looking to do it in a gigantic stadium. It's at the O2. They'll do a good crowd, uh, you know, to their credit. They didn't try to put this on pay-per-view in terms of the UK market. It's a normal fight as part of your regular zone subscription the same as it is here in america uh where we've had the the good fortune to not have most of joshua's fights on pay-per-view because of the fact that it's you know the the, the different market so mm -hmm. anyway to make a long story short i think anthony joshua coming back and fighting jermaine franklin april 1st given everything that's gone on with his career changing trainers once again uh that's a it's actually an interesting fight to me okay do you expect uh, anthony joshua to stop jermaine franklin that's a good question. Uh, you know, listen, Anthony's a great puncher. When he lands, he can hurt anybody. I don't care what heavyweight you are. Uh, but Jermaine Franklin also showed he's got a lot of heart and he can take a good punch. Dylan White hit him with a, a tremendous amount of punches. So, you know, can he stop him? Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if I'd go and say I'd predict the knockout. You know, I, maybe Joshua's got, uh, you know, it depends on what the game plan is. So it's, it's hard to say. But it, without question, he's capable of stopping him for sure. He's a tremendous puncher, you know, when he lands. Absolutely. Okay. Someone who, who might not agree with you uh, about what you said so far is Dillian White. Obviously, he was rumoured to potentially get the Anthony Joshua fight. Um, but obviously, uh, Jermaine Franklin has secured it. Dillian White said, I would have been better off losing to Franklin and getting the AJ fight. It's protecting AJ. Do you see where he's coming from? I mean, look, I, I, look, I don't come at it from a biased perspective. So I get where Dillian White is coming from. I have you know no problem with Dillian White. He wants to to get the rematch. With Joshua, so I can respect that. But to say he'd be better off losing, I don't agree with that. First of all, the Dylan White fight, at least the way I look at it, if they were to do that fight next, because of the hype that that would get, combined with Dylan White's name and Anthony Joshua's name and their history and the whole thing, they probably would try to make that a pay per view. Mm. And I think that the idea here was 
this is technically the first fight. I mean, even though AJ signed that exclusive agreement with the zone a while ago, remember the last fight against Usyk was on sky box office as a pay-per-view because the deal didn't start until after that, because match room and Anthony did not own uh, or nor did the zone own the broadcast rights to the event. So he's coming off the loss, but this is the first fight of the new deal. I think we can all understand. They don't want to take any crazy gamble and the, the white fight will still be there. If he beats, uh, you know, beats Franklin and frankly, even if you were to lose that, that fight will still be sort of a grudge match that would be there. And, you know, at some point in the future. So I think they'll do the fight with white and Joshua at some point, but it didn't make any sense to do it in the next fight. I mean, but again, no disrespect to white whatsoever, but uh, he's a party of one on that viewpoint. I think, I mean, you know, it's six to one, half a dozen of the other, but the, 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 the better strategic move for Joshua for Matchroom and for DAZN is to have him fight somebody that's not Dylan White and to call on Franklin, who has every argument that he should have been the winner, you know, I think is perfectly reasonable and legitimate. So obviously the plan is um, to get Franklin out of the way in terms of a, a Joshua point of view on April 1st, then go into that rematch with Dillian White uh, late summer, I'd imagine. If he was to come through that and, and secure two wins um, in the first half of the year, what do you think Anthony does at the end of the year? Who would you like to see him in with? And realistically, can he land those fights with Fury, uh, Wilder, etc.? Well, you know, you're going on the proposition that Anthony is going to get in the ring and fight three times in the calendar year of 2023. And it's been how many years since he's done that? I mean, I'm not saying it's pos- it's not impossible, but it's been a heck of a long time. I yeah, mean, I'll take ages. a quick look at yeah. I'm going to call up his record right here, and I'm going to tell you. Uh, two fights in 2019, two fights in 18, two fights in 17. The last time he had three fights in the year was in 2016, which is when he first won the title, and he fought Martin, Brazil, and Eric Molina. So it's been a, quite a long time since he had three fights in the year. Now, he's capable of doing that, but Anthony Joshua events are a different level of other normal boxing matches sometimes. And so I just find it hard to believe that he's going to actually fight three times this year. I'd love to see it. I mean, one of my biggest complaints about – boxing in today's uh, time frame, and, and this is not just an Anthony Joshua thing or anything like that, is that the biggest names and the best fighters, uh, unfortunately, very rarely fight tw- more than twice a year. A lot of times these guys might only fight once a year. So to see a top guy like Joshua in terms of his popularity and his name recognition and the excitement that his events uh, generate, you'd love to see the guy fight three times in the year. I'm skeptical, but if he's going to do it three times this year, or even like I say, two fights this year, and then another fight, say early next year, the way, like in the time frame we're at right now, I would love to see him fight Deontay Wilder, obviously, if he would be able to get through, uh, you know, the matchup he's got coming up against Franklin and then perhaps the Dillian White rematch. Uh, I'll, I'll always want to see him fight Deontay Wilder. Uh, you know, Wilder, who knows what he's going to be up to. I mean, I know Eddie Hearn and his, uh, you know, has talked to Shelly Finkel, one of the managers for Deontay on a, several occasions about trying to do that fight. You know, the jury is out, I suppose. I mean, if he can get the Fury fight, if Fury's still champion and the Usyk fight happens, that'd be a huge fight also. I mean, when it comes to Joshua in a big-time fight, Umar, I'm not that picky. You know, get through your couple of comeback fights, fine. You want to fight Joshua? I mean, uh, if Joshua wants to fight Fury, great. You want If he can get a fight with Deontay, great. Uh, if he wanted to actually try to have a third fight with Usyk, I mean, I guess that'd be okay also. I don't. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, bring me Joshua in a, in a top-notch fight. Uh but I think everybody should have to just take a step back, take a deep breath, understand this is, you know, a, a uh, it's, it's a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And in the long stretch of a man's career, 
taking a fight like Franklin or even Franklin followed by White. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. In terms of um, the zone and their price structure, um, just after the uh, announcement for Joshua Franklin, um, I saw online that it slightly changed. I don't know if this has happened in the US as well, but it's definitely happened in the UK. Have you seen that, Dan? I saw that the prices, but I don't remember what they were. They were listed in the in the announcement that I saw. They were listed in pounds. Now, here in the United States, uh, to give you a brief history of the way that their pricing structure has gone, when it first was created and became available in America in uh, the latter part of 2018, uh, the very first event for perspective that they did in terms of boxing was when Joshua had his title fight against uh, Alexander Povetkin. That was the very first boxing event on zone. So back then, it was $10 a month. And you didn't have to sign up for a minimum amount of time. Or I think you could get it for, it was like $10 a month. Or or I think it was like uh, 80 bucks for the year or something like that. Or 90 bucks for the year. It wasn't, it would, the price was not terrible at all. Then it, then it raised up to $20 a month. Uh, and then the price went up to $100 for the year. Uh, because I had originally signed up when it first became available at the $10 a month. I was grandfathered in on that. So I just kept on the monthly. I could have switched over to the annual. Then... When they, they uh, a while later, a couple of years later, they left that grandfather price in for quite a bit. But then I was notified that you have to either sign up, you know, the grandfather, you're not allowed anymore. You're either going to get the year or you got to go to the $20 a month. Obviously, at that point, I was like, okay, cool. I, I signed up for the year. Now, not that long ago, probably, I don't know, several months ago, I guess, I was notified that the price was increasing from $100 a year to $150 a year. So in America, if you want to buy a subscription, it's 20 bucks a month uh, or it's $150 for the year. And, and by the way, I totally understand that. I mean, look, boxing is what I do. It's it's my favorite thing. It's what I do as, a, as to make money for my job. It's also what I enjoy. So for me, uh, I can afford the $150 a year, not a big deal. You know, I don't love that they increase my price by 50%. As I said to my wife, hey, they increased my, my, my subscription fee by 50%, but the fights are not 50% better. And there's not 50% more fights that are available to watch. But that was sort of a joke. I get it. I mean, it's a business. It's, uh, you know, you're not entitled to get it for free. So I find that it's still worth it to me. It's still somewhat reasonable. And so I'm okay with it. Now, as far as what they're doing in the UK, I know it's gone up quite a bit from when they first kicked it off. But I don't know the exact uh, price structure that you guys have. Care, you know, you tell me what you guys got. What do you have to pay? Okay. So, uh, well, it, it was £7.99 as of yesterday, a month. Um, and there was, of course, rumors about this fight being on pay-per-view, Josh. Now, that's about £7.99 per month. Is a, is that about $10 American? About $10. Right? About $10. Yeah, so, okay. But, um, yeah, so there was rumors about this fight being pay-per-view, as we, which is the custom to being right. charged for Joshua fights. Um, but it's not on pay-per-view. However, um, the, if you want to cancel within 30 days, i.e. if you want to do a monthly subscription like you were before, at the seven ninety nine price, it's now nineteen pound ninety nine as of March first. So I one month before the Joshua fight, um, and I think it's a uh, ninety nine pounds if you just want a year subscription and you just pay in one go. So the the flexible option, which was before seven pound ninety nine, is now nineteen pound ninety nine. Um, so <laughs> well, I mean, look, what they're trying to do, and it's business one one. They don't want people to buy the subscription for $7.99, watch the Joshua fight, yeah. and then cancel. Yeah. Obviously, they want you for the year. And if you don't want it for the year, that's fine also. You just have to pay a higher amount of money for it. I mean, to me, that's smart what they're doing. I mean, it's 
it's not maybe the greatest thing if you're only interested in Joshua fights, but if you're interested in things other than Joshua fights, whatever, you know, you saw the rest of their schedule that they put out just on the matchroom fights. That doesn't include any of the other boxing events that they may do, whether it's, uh, you know, the golden boy schedule that they have coming up or, you know, they do pick up some odd fights here and there in America, for example, I don't, it obviously wasn't the case in uh, the UK, but here in the United States, the zone was the the broadcaster for uh, the Chris Eubank against uh, Liam Smith fight. That was just part of your regular subscription. So my point is, you know, they're a business. This is not a charity. You don't get boxing for free just because you like boxing. You got to pay for it. I mean, that's it. Okay, that's that one. Uh, just before we close off, <laughs> sticking, sticking with the uh, heavyweights, have you heard anything, uh, Dan, on the inside about Fury Usyk and why we still haven't got an announcement yet? Well, to the best of my understanding is that uh, they're hoping that they can make this match official and have the fight uh, on April 29th. Uh, my understanding from uh, the Usyk side is that they have agreed to everything. They've signed off. I can't tell you if they signed an actual contract, but there's no issues from my understanding on the Usyk side. And it's not to say that there's any huge issues, I don't think, on the Fury side, but they still are unaware of where this fight will take place. And obviously, if you're taking place in, say, Wembley, there's going to be one amount of money that can be generated by the gate. But if they wind up in a place in the Middle East, for example, where there'll probably be greater money, that's going to change a lot of the structure of the business side of things because the money's going to be so much more increased. So Fury um, has to sign his paperwork, I guess. But the main thing is, and this is not specific to either boxer, is that the two sides have to get the site settled. You can't have a boxing match if you don't have a place to put the ring. So uh, they're, you know, I don't know what you would call the cutoff date or when the deadline is for when they should have that done. But if you're looking at an event at the end of April, uh, particularly of that magnitude, you know, of the undisputed heavyweight championship, you know, you're starting to, you know, there's still some time to go, but you're getting closer where you want to get this situated. I mean, you want to allow uh, fans, particularly if the fight's going to take place in the Middle East, you want to allow there to be enough time for everybody who's going to think about traveling to make their arrangements, whether it's a hotel or an airfare, certainly for the teams, for whatever sort of rollout you're going to do, whether it's going to be press conferences or Zoom calls or, you know, your marketing you know, there, there are things that come up against deadlines. So, uh, again, they have some time, but it's it's times of, times of moving. They got to get on it. Um, I'm assuming they will have some kind of, uh, you know, real notice or real uh, something real about this. Got to be, I would think, in the next couple of weeks, roughly. Uh, that's, that's where they're at. I mean, I still hope that the fight happens. I have wondered myself what the heck is going on because, you know, when the fight was first brought up, everybody was sort of like, hey, we're gung-ho, we're doing this fight. Uh, both sides uh, can agree we're going to split the money it's not a big deal in terms of how we're cutting it up uh, you know everybody knows that the sides in terms of Usyk's camp and the and the and the top rank side they all have a good relationship between uh, Bob Aram and Agus Klim as the manager and you know everybody wanted to see the fight we already know that the sanctioning bodies are not going to be uh, in any way a problem in terms of the sanctioning it so all four belts are at stake we just had the situation unfold with the IBF where uh, they realized that their mandatory actually wasn't next so they canceled the order for the next fight to be, you know, for uh, the IBF mandatory uh, that the WBA is next. That's not going to be a problem because Frank Warren is the promoter for Fury and for Dubois, who's sidelined anyway. They're not pushing for that fight. So the point is, all the things that you need to have happen to get a big super fight on are basically in line. They just got to get, I guess, the site situated, which is uh, very significant, but they still have to do it. 
Well, at the end of this month, the Fury family and uh, a lot of the boxing media are actually going to be in Saudi Arabia. So I'm not saying it's going to be announced that week for <laughs> a press conference, right. but it makes sense probably. Um, Dan, appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, we'll speak soon, hopefully. Take care. All the best. Thanks a lot, Umar. Appreciate Sports Social Podcast Network.